Welcome back to Dr. Drill's Making Motivation Podcast. What's going on, my friends? Pulling out of the office at uh, 7.45 on a beautiful Monday evening. I just toiled at uh, Healthy Balance Chiropractic for a full day, and I feel good about uh, about that. Had some uh, some good laughs. Took care of some people. Saw some new patients. Stories were told. Guy's got his uh, capri pants on, and I never did understand that for men why you would wear capri pants. Um, not that there's, maybe there's something wrong with me. I don't know. Got a family here standing on the sidewalk, ready to cross the road. Family of four, or five, or six. A pregnant mom on a beautiful evening, enjoying her time. Excuse my buddy Chocolate Cooper. Huh? Yeah, my buddy Coop and Chuck are out there on such a beautiful evening. You can count on them sitting out on the stoop. I don't know if you heard them return my. What is it about a... I've told you about what that is, right? It's like an affirmation. It's like, hey, what's up? How are you? Do you feel as I do? And they they reply. Just in a guttural sound. Emanating from the bowels of our body. From our deepest part of our core from our pelvic floor. Right? What the pelvic floor is, you're sitting on it right now. There's a man inexplicably waving his arms, walking down the sidewalk, probably listening to some sort of podcast or talking to somebody. It's that type of night. You're just out there doing your thing, walking around on the sidewalk, riding a bike, being cool, hanging out. So the pelvic floor, there's a bunch of muscles. You're sitting on them right now, at least I am. You're in your saddle, in your taint. Taint your butthole, taint your peter, or penis or vaginus, whatever. Um, there are muscles that stretch between our, within our pelvis. That represent basically our bottom. Between those two areas, sensitive areas, we've got muscles. They're named various ways, so they're called like a pubococcygeus. What is that? So between your pubic bone and your coccyx, which is that little pointy bone that really is your tailbone, right? First, there's the sacrum, 
sacrum's pretty big and broad, triangular bone, and then a tippy tippy distal, most furthest part of the sacrum. There's another bone. Looks like a little rattlesnake rattle, and that is called um, the coccyx. It's a bunch of fused bones. I believe it's four fused vertebrae, tiny fused vertebrae. It's our vestigial tail. Tail is, uh, you know, vestigial vestiges. The, the vestiges basically means what's left over. So we used to be freaking prime. We are primates, right? We used to be like running around. We have a common ancestor with monkeys, right? You knew that. We used to have tails. We lost our tails however many million years ago. And that's a coccyx. So stretching between the pubic bone and the coccyx, you've got this muscle called the pubococcygeus. You've got another one called the levator ani. All right? You have ligaments in there, the sacrotuberous ligament. You've got a bunch of soft tissues, basically, ligaments, tendons, muscles that live in this area. If you can do a Kegel right now or you can, you can activate these muscles, the muscle that helps you hold your pee lives down there. Uh, muscles that are involved in sexual, you know, orgasm and stuff like that, they're down there. That's the pelvic floor. So, <laughs> all this to say that the, when you do, you can feel in your pelvic floor, you should feel that. That you're energizing that muscle and the power is coming all the way from the depths of our abdominal region and, in fact, our perineum, our taint. So you're, you're generating power. It's like from the deepest part of your body, your soul. That was quite the aside. I'm sorry. It's, as usual, been a long day and I'm tired. More folks out walking, taking a little stroll. Very nice. So in my big Ram 1500 here, 5.7 liter hemispheric engine. The back of it, I've got five wood carvings. I carved with my own two hands and chainsaw and assorted other power tools. As I've described, and you've probably seen, I have a frog, a little bullfrog, and I got some owls. And I have an apple core. I've got um, a raccoon. It looks like it's coming out of a tree trunk vagina. And I've got a heart, a cedar heart that I've had outside my, my office by the front door for a while. So uh, I'm very proud of these carvings. They're wrapped up in moving blankets. And I'm taking them down tomorrow to the Philadelphia Naval Yard, which is right across from FDR Park. And ultimately, the site, the location of the Philadelphia Flower Show that starts this weekend starts this Saturday, it goes to next Sunday. So preparations are being made by the Team Tucci, who is, um, I'm representing, I'm 
contributing these carvings to the Hartwood exhibit and uh, signing off all artistic license. They can do whatever the hell they want with these carvings. They're going to adorn them with friggin' all kinds of different things, and I can't wait to see them in a finished product, you know, for the purposes of this purpose of this show, Philadelphia Flower Show. It's the biggest thing that I've been involved in, you know, so I'm happy to be contributing these carvings, and I'm driving around this very moment with these five carvings. I have been all day, and now I'm heading home after a long day, so I'm excited for the morning. I'm off on Tuesdays, as you know, so as soon as the coast is clear, probably drop, bo drop bogey off at the uh, Positively Healthy or maybe I'll keep them with me. <clears throat> Hold that thought. <laughs> okay, I'm back. So, I'm delivering these friggin' carvings tomorrow. I could not be more excited. I've been given instructions. I believe it's the uh, lot is 15. That is like the location for this flower show. So I'm going to be heading down mid-morning probably. I'm going to wait till till the um, rush hour is over. So if I can get on the road by 9:30, 10. I'll be pleased, head down Schuylkill Expressway with uh, my carvings proudly displayed. I got an owl, it's the only one that's exposed, the rest of them are wrapped in uh, moving blankets and plastic wrap. My drill bits, the kids, Sam and Lily, they help me wrap and strap and hoist uh, these these carvings into the back of the truck and they all fit perfectly so that's awesome I don't need the artisans the other florists they said they they would could take some of the, the carvings down in a u-haul if need be but I got all my shit here so I'm gonna go down there I'm gonna put some minor finishing touches on these carvings and then on a fucking skedaddle and they can do whatever the hell they please with them my family and I are going to go down on Tuesday to see the carvings and to you know, view the shower the uh, flower show we're going to go next Tuesday so that's the 11th I believe correct today is the 6th so um, let's see is Monday, so the 7th, 14th, the 14th, we're going to go down next week and see these carvings, and see the exhibit, the, heart, the Heartwood display, and, and just kind of rejoice, say hello to everybody, take some pictures, and then revel in the occasion, and then we're off again. So this is one of the coolest things that I've ever done as a wood carver. 
I've enjoyed carving these pieces. I've taken much of the spring and devoted it to them. I could be a perfectionist and as I've said before, as an artist, you're never completely happy with with your work. You know, on some level you always feel like you could add one more detail or paint this or do that, but I've left these. Uh, the, the only color has been by uh, flamethrower and varnish. So I'm, I'm pleased with the finished product. And as I might have mentioned, the carvings are going to be for sale after the show. So they're going to be... Um, they're renting them basically from me. I carved them, uh, bringing them down. They paid me for that. Now uh, they're, they're going to rent the carvings for the flower show, and then I'm going to take them away. Tweak them a little bit, hit them with more varnish, and I'm going to sell them. So if you're looking for a bullfrog or a raccoon or an apple core or uh, an owl or a heart, you let me know, and it's yours. I'm most interested in seeing what these other artists do with my art. As I mentioned in the last podcast, art on top of art, love on top of love. All right, break. New topic. I'm reading a book right now that I picked up from that podcast. I've been telling you about the great simplification. There was a an author that was on there with uh, its mission is basically congruent. Nice. This author came on in the podcast, and she she had written a book called your money or your life. So, I saw that it didn't have, maybe had a thousand views compared to sometimes 15,000 with some of the other popular, you know, guests that have come on this podcast. So, I was intrigued. Let me look at it, listen in. So, I like what I heard. Basically, the, the book is very popular. It's been, I think it might be 20, 30 years old, and it's still selling very well. Your money or your life. What are you ultimately at in life? Like, what are we as Americans, as inhabitants of the Western world, as human beings alive today, what do we want? What do we expect out of this this life? Like, our work is very important to us. I ramble on about how important it is to me to serve these patients well and to operate with integrity and to... Make people laugh and do all the things that I do. I do love my job. Um, I think I'm one of the few people that, that does feel that way. Uh, there's some, certainly some things that I, I don't care for about my job, but for the most part, I, I enjoy what I do. But the author, you know, basically beckons us, you know, like how far you want to go. Basically, what do you want out of life? Certainly, out of a career. You know, you might go to college and say, I want to be a doctor, or I want to be a construction worker, I want to be a plumber, I want to be an engineer. Um, historically, Americans, uh, we've, we live in the land of opportunity, it certainly is that. And people can choose from a wide variety of career you know, avenues and what they want to do with their life. And so it has been a tremendous place to, 
to find your work, but we often identify our work as our, you know, our, our work becomes our identity sometimes, and we don't really get, we don't really maximize on living as much as we'd like. You know, we talk about, oh, when I have time, or when I retire, or whatever. And I've spoken how I believe on how I believe that retirement is kind of a scam. Here we we're going to work for our best the best years of our life, and then we're going to have 10, 20 years from the time that we retire. We're basically we're going to be going to doctors and be suffering in varying degrees of pain, um, depending upon how we live our life, and depending upon genetics, and depending upon chance in this life. So. Um, Retirement seems a little bit scammy for a lot of people. I certainly would like to get to the point where I have the option to not work. You know, I don't foresee that coming before I'm 70 years of age. So I better enjoy the time that I have right now. I want to enjoy my life. And so that's what this book is about. And it's very insightful, and I think it's very important. I saw some reviewers talk about how it's um, it's more philosophical. It's more like you know, find your why, your spiritual self-help, than it is concrete uh, recommendations on investing and stuff. Uh, basically, your money or your life wants to teach you how to enjoy your work, enjoy the ride, make. Um, adopt a saving mentality and break your habits of spending money on bullshit. You know, save more of your money, put it away, invest it wisely. Also, in, um, accumulate things. If you're going to accumulate stuff, you want it to be something that is durable, something that you can use to support yourself and help people. It could be a skill. It could be... Um, some land, your home, um, invest in things that have longevity, you know, in your own life, like don't just go buy another car, make extra payments on your car so you pay less interest, and then you can use that money for, you know, to put away money for your kid's college, or a trip you want to go on, or, some sort of home improvement thing, something that that is actually tangible. You know, a lot of things we spend money on are just we're just looking for a quick dopamine charge, and none of it really lasts. Also, you know, the author talks about how she's part of a community where um, people are talk to each other more. I think that's very important. People talk to each other, and they make a pledge to, like, hey, if I have something, I'm happy to let you borrow it, or if I, you know, grow more vegetables than I can eat, I'm going to give some to you, and you got something, maybe you give it to me, hey, I have a lawnmower, it's in fine working condition, you want to borrow mine, no need for you to get your own, we all feel like, in this world, like we have to have all the stuff in order to do every little thing ourselves, but you know, you never know, you might have somebody... (coughs) 
has one skill, they can trade that to you for the skill for your skills. Kind of like a barter system. Uh, a lot of people, or just also kindness. Just hey, uh, I'm looking for a, a dog walker. You think your daughter come by and walk my dog? Hey, I need a babysitter. Can you help? You know, it does take a village. It can take a village. But we've moved very far away from that philosophy. I think it's a mistake, it's dumb, and we're going to wind up, if any of the stuff that I've been turning my attention to about you know, the climate and um, our relationship with energy, and you know, we've got fucking wars, we got the Depp Heard trial, we got all kinds of terrible things, real and imagined. It's a pretty fucked up world. We're going to need one another. And so... I just love the idea of sharing. You know? My little garden that I've created with these grow bags... I love tending to it. I'm going to do it right now before I even go feed myself. I'm going to go and I'm going to water my my plants. And I'm going to uh, look in on them. And I'm going to probably pluck the first... of the snap sugar snap peas that I've grown and I'm just going to pay attention to these and respect these plants these vegetables that I'm growing because I'm doing it I'm doing it from a seed I'm raising these these things that are going to help feed me and my family and maybe your family I got some squash growing in there and I'm going to have more than my share I'm going to need somebody to come over and water my plants Also, skills. Think about some of the skills that we can share. <clears throat> I have skill with my hands. Certainly, I could help people. You know, fix them when they're when they're broken. I can educate people on how to get in better shape. I can train them physically. I can teach them about you know the ways of discipline and motivation and exercise and education. Those are the the four pillars that I've subscribed to. Uh, I can teach them how to be, lead them how to be a human resource for other people. I can use a chainsaw. Tree falls down the road, tree, rather than somebody calling a tree surgeon, I can come down with my big saws and help them out. You know, I can make cool things for people out of material that's just going to get burned or mulched or whatever. I know about the anatomy. Somebody has a question about, you know, a malady or um, part of their body that they don't understand. Um, I can teach them about it. I understand health and disease and homeostasis and all the things that I periodically talk about here. I've got some survival skills from my time in the Marine Corps and, um, like the outdoors, I'm comfortable where people are uncomfortable. These are things that, just a short list of things that I, skills that I have to help other people. I know that you have skills that you can help me or other people, and I think that we should start doing that. I think that it's time for us to, whether technology is going to, whether we're going to run out of energy someday, or, um, 
or everything's going to be fine and we're going to continue growing as a society to from 7 or 8 to 10, 15 billion people in the near future and we'll all be flying around in our cars and who knows. Hopefully everything's going to be okay. But you look at the news and you look at kind of the reality and you kind of get a feel for a pretty, a world that could turn ugly really quickly. And I think that we're going to, we need to start relying upon one another again. We need to cooperate. And I love, I love the whole theme of this, your money or your life, because it's been about the money for us for a long time. We think of money as like, ooh, you know, I have the ability. They said like when polled, people will say, you know, hey, how much money you need? I'd like uh, twice as much as I have right now. That's what will do it for me. You know, that, that'll fulfill my, my needs. And, of course, you look at Johnny Depp and Amber Heard and their, their riches can be, and they still have problems. And, you know, there's many other examples of that. <clears throat> there's never enough. We cannot be satiated when it comes to money or things and stuff. So, um, I think we need to start learning about, you know, having a, a sense for when we are full, you know, when enough is enough and moderation and balance and all that stuff. So that's a little book I want everybody to consider checking out your money or your life. I got it on audible. So I'm listening to that right now. Okay. Think about it. And with that, I pulled into my home, and there's my little garden. And now I'm excited. I'll tell you what, I am very excited. Just having, like, um, just being collaborate, that I'm going to collaborate tomorrow. I've made good on my contribution to this art exhibit. Oh my god, it's bogey. All right, love you guys. We'll consider, we'll continue this time. Huh! <laughs>